Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 4. Turn with me, if you, I don't mean to be so strange this morning. I've just got that going through my head. Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4. Once you get that, go ahead and stand with me today. Acts chapter 4. God, help us today. Help me today. I feel a challenge in my own spirit today. I feel a challenge in my own spirit today. Acts chapter 4. I want to start with verse 23, if I could. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went, and went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God and with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which has made heaven and earth. And the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings and the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake with the word of God with boldness. Father, we love you this morning, and thank you for your word, because it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that you would help us to believe on your word, God. That you would speak your word to us, God, in a way that we not only understand, but that we'll receive, God, and hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church today, God. Lord, I give myself to you this morning because I understand that I don't have it, Lord, but you have it, God. You know exactly what you want to do and what you want to say amongst us today and even to my heart and to my spirit. So, Lord, I yield, God. I yield, Lord, myself to you, God. Lord, that your word would happen and go forth in this place that it will not return void. And we thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do for us in the name of Jesus. We do pray and believe. And the church says, amen. You can be seated. I want to talk about powerful boldness. We've been talking in the book of Acts. Um, we've been going through different things that happened in Acts. I want to build our faith. I was talking to uh, Sister Shernette just yesterday. We were talking about how the Lord moves and how the Lord does, if you'll help me, um, and how he wants to move and how he wants to work. Sister Shernette was talking about her, her own, I, you don't mind if I talk about our conversation, talking about, I don't need that anymore, talking about uh, her own frustration with the times that we're living in and the people we are of not seeing healing, like healings, those kind of healings, laying hands on the sick and they be healed. Just that. Speaking the word of God with boldness and, and, and 
miracles happen like that, the frustration. And uh, I was telling her, I said, you know, I've been, I've been spending some time here in Acts because I'm hoping. This is what I'm kind of hoping. I know the word will not return void. I was just talking to somebody else about that this week. I said, the word will not return void. When you preach the word that God has given to you and the Lord give revelation on that word, it won't not do what it needs to do. So the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what I'm hoping is that by preaching the word, preaching his scripture, that it will not only be heard, but that God would place it in our hearts and that our faith be built up. Why? Because people need to be healed. People need to be delivered. Do y'all believe that this morning? Do you believe that? That, that people need to be delivered, that people need to be saved, that this word would go forth. In fact, in fact, preaching the things that I'm preaching, I'm feeling myself leading up to a, a point, you know, that, that we need to be at, especially this morning in this word this morning. I, I want to talk about want to talk about this powerful boldness that the Holy Ghost gave to the upper room. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about how they gathered in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Father. Jesus said to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. He said to them before he left, not many days after this, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. And you're going to not only be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but you're going to receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Judea and Samaria and basically all the world. So that's what they did. They gathered in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. The house was filled not only with people, but on the day of Pentecost, the house was filled with the Holy Ghost. They all were baptized with the Holy Ghost. They all received power. Amen. They all received power. They all received the Holy Ghost. There was a witness that day of their receiving the Holy Ghost. They all spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They all spake with other languages that began to declare the gospel, that began to glorify God in the upper room. Something happened in that upper room that changed their lives. But the thing that we've got to remember is that it didn't stay in the upper room. What happened in the upper room was significant to the church. Not only of that day, but the church of today. What happened in that upper room was significant. What happened in that upper room was powerful. What happened in that upper room filled and changed their lives and changed the church forever. But it did not stay in the upper room. They didn't just keep it in the upper room. I mean, they didn't even just, they didn't even just have church that day and then go home and come back to the upper room and just have church amongst themselves again and then go home and come back to the upper room and have church amongst themselves and just go home and then come back to the upper That's not how they did that. When that, they were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. It didn't stay in that upper room. It didn't just operate in the upper room. That power began to move outside that upper room and into their community. You know how it happened? The Holy Ghost just
just didn't flow through the streets. The Holy Ghost didn't just settle on other people flowing through the streets. Do you know how the power and the gospel and the word of God entered into their community? It happened by people who were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost who moved and preached and worked signs and wonders. Oh, hallelujah. That's how that happened. In fact, it started that day. Peter preached that day. He got out of that room. I don't know where he stood, but he stood where those folks could hear him that had gathered around the upper room. And he said to them, these folks aren't drunk like you think. They're not drunk. It's not in time to get drunk if we were to do that kind of stuff. And we don't. But what you are seeing is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in the last days he would pour out of his spirit. And Peter preached that day, not a message that was easy for them to hear. Because he reminded them of how they crucified Jesus. How they spoke against him. Crucified him. But that how that God had raised him from the dead. And the Spirit of God began to move on those folks and they began to ask, what do we have to do to be saved? And on that day, 3,000 more folks believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. 3,000 more believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they moved on from there. They moved on from there. Now, they did gather because it's important to gather. It's important for the... God's people to gather together like we are gathered here today. This is important. A lot of people don't realize it. A lot of people don't get it. Even folks that come every time we gather together. Amen. A lot of folks don't get it why we do what we do. But it's important. It's important. The work is important. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says this is what happened to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They continued. In other words, they didn't stay in the upper room. They didn't just holify the upper room. I know I just made that word up. They didn't just holify and sanctify the upper room and say, this is where all this happens. They continued outside of the upper room in the apostles' doctrine. They continued to live The words of Christ that was given to them by the apostles. They continued in the temple. You find in the next little bit, Peter and John are going in the temple. Now, they're not going to offer sacrifices as other people were offering sacrifices and praying the way other people were praying. But in the holy name of Jesus, they went at the hour of prayer to call on his name. Why? Because they had a work to do for God and they needed this time. Amen. They continued in the temple. They continued house to house. They had fellowship with one another. They had fellowship with one another. They didn't just hold up to themselves. They fellowship one with another. House to house. House to house. They fellowshiped. Breaking bread. Do you realize that when you talk about breaking bread, they didn't just fellowship house to house and breaking a bread as in cooking a meal all the time. Breaking a bread meant that when they got together, many times they were having communion together. 
breaking the bread, the body of Christ, drinking the, drinking the wine or the juice and remembering what Christ had done for them. They were gathering together to encourage one another. They were gathering together to love on one another and to remember what Christ had done and who they were. They continued. And you know what was happening in that day? God was adding to the church daily. God was adding to the church daily, such as should be saved. How are people being saved every day? How are people being saved? Come on, folks. How, how are those folks being saved every day? How are they being saved? Oh, well, they went back to the room every week and invited people to the upper room. Wrong. You know, listen, I believe in church, but some folks think if we don't have church, we can't minister. And that's because many times when we believe that or we're so wrapped up in that, it's because we want people to minister to us all the time. But the fact of the matter is, we come together and gather like this because, yes, we want to minister to one another. We want to help one another. But the ministry that God's called us to is not just in this building. The ministry God's called us to is outside of these four walls. The reason why people were being saved every day was because people filled with the Holy Ghost were gathering together and witnessing and sharing the gospel. And folks were hearing about Jesus among the church outside of the four walls of the upper room and of the temple. And they were leading people to Christ Jesus. Well, pastor, that's because they didn't have their own church. They had to do such things. Now, we've got nice churches. Yes, we do. And we've got temples called the body, amen, of the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God wants to move in our temple and through our temple to witness in this world. Oh, God. How are people being saved every day? It's because people moved out of that upper room and they moved into the streets. Now listen to me. Church is obviously important. It is. This is where we get trained. Some, some, some ways. This is where we are encouraged. Gathering together is important. Hebrews said, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Some folks, even then, had gotten away from the importance of gathering together in this house. He said, and we can't forsake that because we need each other. We need to pray together. We need to worship together. We need to be able to lay hands on one another, share the word with one another, teach and disciple, those kinds of things. It's important. For us to gather together. But the work of the kingdom, the work of the kingdom, much of that, and the work of the church, much of that is done outside. Much of that is done outside. I would be willing to say 80 to 90% of the work that God's called us to do is, is to be done outside the church. To be, to be done outside the church. You know, I have said this in, in one way or the other. I wouldn't be so... I wouldn't be so worried about folks who uh, miss and miss so often if I knew 
that they were about the Father's business. If I knew that. You know, generally, just in case anybody needs to know, generally, if I'm not here at church, I'm about the Father's business. I'm preaching somewhere. I'm, I'm giving the gospel. A couple weeks ago, I had this opportunity to, now I had an opportunity for, for vacation too, but I went, I went to California for a week and got to spend several days with young people in the mountains. Beautiful area, but I got to spend several days with them in the mountains, and at night we would gather and have worship, and I have the opportunity to share the word with probably about, a, about 150 or better teenagers, 12 to 18 years old, sharing the word of God. And then, then I got to see them gather in an altar and pray for themselves and pray for one another. I'm talking about crying and calling out to God and, and I'm listening to the Holy Ghost minister to many of them and many of them drawing closer to God. Most of the time, if I'm not here, I'm about the Father's business. If you're not here, are you about the Father's business? I wouldn't worry about folks. I wouldn't worry about you so much. I know, I know people think a lot of times when I'm on this or I'm on that, it's just that I'm just trying to get on folks. And you know, maybe there is a touch of that. I, you know, I was raised by Jimmy Crosby. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of Jimmy Crosby in me. I can't shake it off. He expected me to be at church. And when I wasn't at church, he was a little upset. And Mother Jones, I've grown to understand why. I didn't understand it then. I thought, my Lord, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just let up a little bit? But James, I understand a little bit more. He was not only concerned about what wasn't being done, because, you know, I was one of the faithful piano players. So if I didn't show up, guess who played the piano? Probably nobody, because the other two weren't faithful to church. So he was upset we didn't have music, but he was upset because he's trying to teach me the importance of, of being among God's people. Why? Because we need to be together to, to, to encourage one another so that when we're not together, we can be about the Father's business. Because that's what we're called. That's what we're called to do is to be about the Father's business. Even when we're not here at appointed times, of church times, we are called to be about the Father's business. On your job, you are called to be about the Father's business. At school, you are called to be about the Father's business. At the mall, you're still about the Father's business. When you're shopping and on vacation, you are still about the Father's business. Why? Because no matter where you go and what time of day it is, you are a soul that's been bought by the blood of Jesus. Work of the kingdom is done outside. They moved outside working because they'd been con- working because they'd been empowered by the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm telling you folks, being filled with the Holy Ghost is not about emotions and shouting and speaking in tongues. It happens and I'm thankful. Listen, I'll shout and speak in tongues at the drop of a hat. And I'll drop my own hat and wait for the Holy Ghost to c- come on. I'm not speaking in tongues without him. Don't get that. Oh, what's he trying to say? I'm not speaking in tongues without him. I, listen, I've heard people say, you know what you, ought to, what you do is you start and then you catch up in the spirit. Oh, no. Uh-uh. He said, I speak in tongues as a spirit 
as the Spirit gives the utterance. I don't mind that kind of stuff. I've always been very vocal since I've had the Holy Ghost at seven years old. Amen. I've always shouted, run the aisles. I used to do, and I'm just too fat to be running. I used to could run all around the church, but just walking across the front is good for me. I, I don't mind that, but that's not why we have the Holy Ghost. That's not the reason why we need to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. These folks moved outside working because they had been empowered by the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are operating in that power. They go into the temple at the hour of prayer. And as they're going in, they see a lame man that is sitting at the gate that people have brought there every day for many, many years to beg alms. That's how he made his living was begging money. And that day, Peter and John, and I listen, I, I preached this the other day. Peter and John came by. Peter said, silver and gold. He said, first look on us. He expected money. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have, the authority, the power of the faith that I have in Christ Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost that work in me, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He reached down by faith, the gift of faith, grabbed his hands, began to pull him up. Immediately he received strength in his ankles, and he began to leap through the temple. Why? Because Peter and John were moving in public. And the power of the Holy Ghost. But it didn't just stop with the miracle. It didn't just stop with the miracle. When they, when he was healed, the boy, the guy began to leap through the temple and he attracted attention. Acts chapter 3, verse 12. When Peter saw it, what happened was he began to leap through the temple. People began to gather. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. You men of Israel, why marvel you at this and why you look you so earnestly on us as though it were by our own power or our own holiness that we made this man to walk? He said, it's not by us. It's not by us. He said, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of his, our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate. When he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas to be granted unto you. And kill the Prince of Life whom God has raised from the dead. Whereof me and this guy, we are witnesses of all of that. And his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him, by Christ, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance, I, I wish that it was through. I'm going to assume, I'm going to try to assume that it's just through ignorance that you did what you did and did as your rulers were directing you. But those things which God before has showed the, by the mouth of all his promise that Christ should suffer, hath he also fulfilled. Repent ye therefore. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. 
and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before you was preached unto you. Skip down to verse 25 and 26. And you are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. He said, you had him crucified. I'm going to assume and I'm going to try to put it on you that you were just being ignorant. You didn't know better. But I'm telling you, you had him crucified. But he, ra- he, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. We're witnesses of that. And now you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity for him to forgive you of your iniquities. If you'll repent and you'll turn to him. You have the opportunity. You have the opportunity. You know what happened? Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. What happened is... Several of them began to believe. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. 5,000 more believed on the Lord. Why? Because these men were operating in the boldness and the power of the Holy Ghost outside of the upper room. They hadn't even gone into the temple yet. They were at the gate of the temple. They hadn't even entered in the church yet. But outside, they began to witness and testify of what Christ had done and what they had done and where they were with him and where they needed to be. And 5,000 of them received the word of God and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is when the challenge for them began the disciples began to have challenge. This is their first opposition. In Acts 4, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says that it began to grieve the people or the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. And being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in the hold until the next day for it was now eventide. They put them in prison for what they were doing outside the temple. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, so you don't have to have an education to do the work of Christ. You just got to have a desire. You need, you need the Spirit of God. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They recognized Oh, I want to be like Jesus. But can people recognize? Oh, that was a good one. I didn't know that was coming. It came. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, we sit around talking, oh, I want to be like Jesus. But can people even recognize without you saying a word sometimes? Can they recognize through what you do and how you... Can they recognize that we have been with Jesus? Can the world even recognize that we have been with Jesus? Can they recognize even when we speak? I tell people about Jesus all the time. But do they hear you gossiping about somebody else the very next few minutes? And being angry, telling folks off, being nasty. Can they recognize? Can people recognize? I'm preaching to myself now. Can people recognize? Not long ago, I was reading, I got caught up in a blog. Some of you have ever been caught up in a blog, you know what my eye roll is. It was, a, I'm a, let me just tell you, I, I, don't, I was looking for something else. 
you know what? <laughs> this was so funny, uh, Deacon Rick. I was looking for how to fold the church flag when somebody dies. And somehow I ended up in this blog full of folks who had ought against the church of God of prophecy and wanted to tell the world. I read comment after comment about how bad people were and how bad they were treated and how they just hated the church and they'd never go back to that church and that church is... I read comment after comment and I'm going, my Lord, because I, I didn't have that experience. But you know what I began to do? When I left that blog, I began to pray, oh God, help me, help me not to be those kind of, not the people that was complaining so much, but people, a person in the church that would drive people away. Because I know I have my own personalities. And I know I have my own way of speaking and doing things. And I said, Lord, please help me. I'm working on it. You know why? Because I want to be like Jesus. I want to be, I want people to recognize that I've been with the Lord. I want them to see the mercy and the grace of Jesus operating in my life. These folks began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. And they conferred among one another. And you know what they did? They came back and told Peter and John not to preach and teach in the name of Jesus anymore. And in verse 18 of that chapter, this is what, uh, in verse 18 it tells them. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Go on to the next verse. But Peter's response was this. Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you to do what you say more than unto God, that's something you got to work out. But what we have to do is we have to speak the things which we have seen and we have heard. We hear what you're saying, not to speak and teach in the name of Jesus, but we've got to decide. We've got to figure this out, whether or not we're going to obey you or whether we're going to obey God. And Peter and John said, we know what we're going to do. We're going to obey God. And so they returned and they prayed with the church. They needed the power of the Holy Ghost for boldness. Jesus had been all the time he was with them, but pouring into them. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, he tells them, he says, Fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He said, Don't fear what man can do to you. You be obedient to me because you need to fear God. And the church prayed. The Holy Ghost came. And you know what they did? They continued to move. They moved, and more and more, they witnessed, and they carried the gospel of Christ out into the streets, out to the people, and more and more intense persecution would come. In Acts chapter 5, Peter and John, are put, or Peter's put in prison. In Acts chapter 7, Peter and John, I believe it is, put in prison. Acts chapter 7, Stephen was stoned to death. One of the seven men that were chosen that we talked about last week to serve, full of power of the Holy Ghost, full of faith. In Acts chapter 8, the persecution would intensify through Saul, who would haul Christians, go and look for Christians in other cities and haul them to prison. In Acts chapter 12, James is killed, who they, they call the first overseer of the church. James was killed. Peter's put in prison again. All of this began to intensify among the early church, but through it all, the church moved out and favored uh, and, and, and forward through the power of the Holy Ghost, and they moved out with boldness. And you know what happened to them? Signs followed them. Healings happened. People uh, cast out devils. Do you know that dead folks were raised, and, and they witnessed, and they shared the gospel? 
That's what happened to them. Why? Because they needed the power of the Holy Ghost to give them boldness to do what God had called them to do. And they did it under, under intense persecution. Folks, we need the boldness of the power of the Holy Ghost. Because we're still called to do the work of the kingdom, the work of the church. Some of us don't even have the boldness enough to even ask people to come to church, much less follow Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not busting on you, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just saying, if we, we don't even have the boldness to be able to invite people to come to church, some folk, and I hadn't figured this out because I'm almost, I'm almost believing that, that some folks don't even want people to know that you go to church here. You're not only not invite, but you don't do anything and all you do to promote that you come to church here. So I don't know whether you're ashamed of me. I don't want, because you preach on this all the time. You act like that. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, maybe I'll try to do better, but I'm probably not going to change much. Because I'm going to keep preaching the way I, way I feel led of the Lord. I'm going to keep sharing what I... But a lot of us don't have boldness to even invite folks to come to church, let alone share the gospel. But folks, how do, you, how do we expect people to be saved? How do we expect... Well, we invite them. We get them to come to church. Because you know, you know, we get frustrated a lot. Some of us do. We'll invite people to come to church. Well, I keep telling them they need to come to church. They need to come to church. And guess what? They're not coming to church. They're not coming to church. How many of you have ever invited a bunch of folks to come to church and they have never darkened the door of this church? Anybody ever? Raise your hand if you've ever invited somebody or many people to come to church and they never darkened the door. Many folks are not going to darken the door at first. They're not going to come. Number one, people are busy. They don't want to come. They got other things to do. Today, probably some of our own folks. Today, people are at the lake. It's the summertime. They're trying to get whatever stuff they got going on. They're going to be at the lake. They're going to be in the mountains. They're going to be at the beach. They're going to be here and there. As long as it's warm, people are going to keep going here and going there. And people don't, you know, they got other things to do on Sunday. They're tired. Because so, yesterday they did all that pleasure stuff, traveling, riding around, and doing all that stuff. So today's the only day they got left to rest before they had to go back to work on Monday. So they're not coming to church because they slept in this morning. They're having brunch the day. Amen. You're just being ugly, but no, I'm just giving you reality. This is reality. And it's not just our church, it's everywhere. Why do you think some of these churches have so many times in the day so people can conveniently choose when they want to go to church? Because, you know, you get more choices. Amen. Because church has got to be convenient for us. That's just, that's, I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not berating any other churches, and I'm not berating, I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is. You know, the early church, they didn't have church of God of Prophecies on every corner. So what did they do? They had to preach the gospel wherever they went. And they didn't just preach the gospel. Many of them were healing folks, casting out devils, the gifts of the Spirit were operating in their everyday life because that's what's supposed to happen. Discernment, faith. 
this, this, this courage that needs to happen. Why? Because we because we've been called to take this gospel and to witness and to share it with folks. Well, I just don't want to shove, I just don't want to shove it down. I don't want people to feel like I'm shoving it down their throat. Uh, listen, folks, I'm telling you, people are dying lost. Are you really that concerned about shoving Jesus down somebody's throat? That you're willing to risk, that we are willing to risk people dying and going to hell? Can I tell you, I have had opportunities that I have missed. I can tell you of one right now in which I missed, I missed ministering to somebody. It was, it was through Facebook, but they reached out to me and somehow I missed it. And then shortly after, they died. They died. And I thought to myself, woe was me and God help me because I don't know. I just don't know. I hope, I hope they got it straight and I hope that the Lord was able to minister to them pastor that's awful yes it is but I'm not the only one missing it because we don't have the boldness that's why we need the Holy Ghost that's why we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost you know what I want you to shout I want you to speak or pray in tongues or sing in tongues, whatever it is. But more than that, I want you to witness. I want you to lead somebody to Jesus. I want you to lead somebody to Jesus. Have you, ever, have you noticed that people, well, they'll post that kind of stuff. Oh, today I had an opportunity at the, at the Walmart to witness somebody in the parking lot. They gave their heart to Jesus. Do you know why we post it on Facebook? Because it's such a rarity. Because it's such a rarity. Because we lack the boldness. Because we're not walking full of the Holy Ghost. Now you can believe me or not. But that's the truth. We're not, people aren't being saved like they need to be saved. Because many of us are not being, walking full of the Holy Ghost with the boldness and discernment. Well, I just don't come across those kind of situations all the time. Of course you don't. Because we don't have our eyes open. We're not in tune with that kind of ministry. Walking full of the Holy Ghost. Well, what's that got to do with anything? That's discernment. That's me being drawn to people. Me being drawn to situations. Me being pulled into conversations. Me listening to the Spirit and being able to talk to folks. I'm talking about me. What about you? Well, pastor, you, you, that's what you're supposed to do because you don't work a job, so you ought to be all out in the public and, you know, because you got that time. How many people do you come across at your own work? How many people that you come across at your own work talk on the phone with all the time? Well, I can't do that at work. You could if the Holy Ghost opened the door for you, but are you open and ready for that? Because that's why we need to be full of the Holy Ghost. How many times have you been to Walmart after you get off work? How many times? What do you do on vacation? Can I tell you something? Disney is full of folks that need Jesus. But we on vacation, Pastor. We just going to enjoy ourselves. But bless God, if you can, listen, if you can't enjoy yourself witnessing to somebody, then you ain't doing it right. Amen. Amen. Some people at Disney are ready for the gospel after they've come off one of them rides that's just scared the devil out of them. Come off nervous. I see you nervous. Have you? Do you know Jesus? <laughs> I know. You you just crazy, Pastor. I hope so. 
And I hope I get a little crazier. I hope I do. Because they're not coming here. They're not coming here. I don't want to go to the hospital and just sit with folks who are dying all the time and not lay hands and see someone healed. See someone who's so afflicted with the devil that I can't cast out rebuke in the name of Jesus. The spirit of oppression in their lives. That I can't witness to somebody who is lost that needs Jesus so very desperately and they're going to go to hell if I don't open my mouth and speak to them. Sister Clara, that's why I've got the Holy Ghost. That's why I got the Holy Ghost. Y'all know Sister Clara's a little crazy. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. This girl will catch you in Walmart and, and lead you to Jesus. That's right. That's, that's, she's just full of Jesus. She's just full, and she's just willing. She, you know what? She ain't got nothing to lose. What has she got to lose? What has she got to lose? Well, they'll think you're crazy. That's, that's exactly right. People are dying without Jesus. People are dying without Jesus. People are going to hell without Jesus. Your own family is going to hell, and you don't want to talk to them. Some of your own family members are going to hell, on their way to go to hell. But we are too afraid to offend. We are too afraid to breach conversations that will lead them to Christ. They're in trouble in their lives, but we won't. We're not willing to look at them under the power of the Holy Ghost and the leading of the Holy Ghost to say to them, you are right with God because we're afraid that they're going to accuse us of judging. Let me tell you, when I operate in the power of the Holy Ghost, it's not me, it's Him. And I can't be afraid of what they're going to say to me. Say what you want to. But if you're not right and I'm being led to help you, well, they just won't come back to my house. To their own detriment, they won't. But you will have shared the gospel with Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost. And listen, folks, I tell you something. We're not even people who are being thrown into prison for this kind of stuff. We're not suffering like they suffered. Hebrews said, you have not even suffered unto blood yet. You're not even suffered unto blood yet. We need the boldness to be able to do the things that God, to lay hands on the sick. People that we don't know. People that we don't know. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. I preached just the other week. Paul was walking down the street and for days this woman kept following them. Oh, these great men that have come from God, they're going to show us the way into salvation. Peter didn't know her from Adam's house cat, except this girl was full of the devil, turned around and said to the devil, come out of her, and she was delivered. What would happen to some people in this world if we could recognize and discern the working of the enemy and we could speak to the devil and cast them out? Well, they got to have faith for themselves, Brother Chucky. No, they don't. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. I got to have faith. When we have faith and operate in the gifts of the Spirit, God can do anything. But we need that boldness. We need that boldness.
need the boldness of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We need the boldness of the Holy Ghost. That's what we lack. But I'm telling you, as soon as we get full, we start allowing him to give us the boldness that we need. How many people will be changed through the power of the gospel and signs and wonders that follow them that believe? How many people will change? We're called to this world, and it's going to take boldness. It's going to take boldness. It's going to take boldness for some of us to recognize that we're called to this world because we're not of this world anymore. We have spent so much time trying to blend in. By our actions, the way we act, the way we dress, the way we talk, the activities we participate in, we have blended in so much. But we're not of this world. And it's going to take boldness to walk that kind of walk. It's going to take boldness to live that kind of life. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. Anointed. We need that boldness that comes through his power. The Lord wants to help us. The Lord wants to use us. I told you the last few Sundays, I I don't know if the Lord will necessarily fill this house in a way that people, we want. You know, a lot of pastors are, are judged on whether or not their church is growing by numbers. I don't know how the Lord's going to do our numbers, but what I am hoping and praying is that we're growing by the Spirit. We're growing by the Spirit. The Spirit is at work. The Spirit's at work. I talked to, uh, I talked to Jacob the other day texted him, Jacob Weatherly. He's been scared about his health. What's, it, what's going on? Tumors, right? Cheryl was just talking about that the other day. How she talked to him. She wanted to say it's going to be okay and she said it the best way she could, but son, I can't tell you everything because the most thing that you need is you need to be right with the Lord text him this week. I said, buddy, I just wanted to see how you're doing. Didn't expect it, but he called me. I was at the hospital and I went ahead and just took the call. And he began to tell me about what the Lord's been doing for him. He said, I was getting discouraged. He said, but at my table, at my house, me and the Lord began to have a time together. He don't know what's going to happen, but he's got some more assurance right now that it's going to be all right. 
Why? Because the Lord is working outside this church. Because the Spirit will do what He has to if we're not willing to do what we need to. I say that with love, folks. But I'm telling you, the Spirit is moving and people need the Lord and we need the Holy Ghost because we need some boldness about ourselves because people are dying lost by the droves and people are being deceived by the handfuls, by a rotten gospel in this world. And we hold the truth in our hands. We hold the power of God in our hearts and our spirit to bring deliverance and help. But what will we do? I don't know what you're going to do, but I want to pray. I want to pray that God would help me and give me boldness. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I have walked full of the Holy Ghost. Then I have walked full of myself. But I know what I want. God help me to go after it. I want to walk full of His Spirit. Full of boldness. Because I see what this community is like. And they need Jesus. Today if you're here and you're not saved and you're not right with God. You've been full of yourself, walking your own way. And you need to confess some things to the Lord, your sins, repent, come back to him. Right now is a perfect opportunity for you to do that. The spirit is here. The Lord is here. God loves you. If you've been away from the Lord, maybe you're not backslid. But you've been away from the Lord and you're in a place in your life where you need to come back to where you need to be. Right now is a wonderful opportunity. If you've not been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're not sanctified, right now is a good opportunity to ask the Lord to do that work in your life. If you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, but your desire is to walk full, to walk boldly in the power and the anointing of His Spirit, God will do that for you if you desire that. If you'll draw close to him, what did he say he'll do? He'll draw close to you. God, give us boldness. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. They may think we're a little crazy, a little off. That's all right. As long as they get Jesus in it. God wants to use us. God wants to help us. Can we come to the altar today? Can we come? Whoever you are and whatever you are and wherever you are, can we come?